Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. If you'll take your scriptures in hand and turn with me to uh, Exodus, uh, we're going to be reading from Exodus 2 and 3 in just a moment. We're also going to be looking at John 10, verses 3 through 5 and verse 27, so keep your fingers there, and we'll be turning there in just a moment. We're continuing our series, Unchanging God in an Ever-Changing World, and today our message is God is always speaking. God is always speaking. Uh, Diana Bonet is a listening consultant and the author of The Business of Listening. And she illustrated the high cost of not listening by sharing the story of a $100,000 error that was caused by a dispatcher who routed a fleet of truck drivers to deliver building materials to the wrong state. The dispatcher heard the instructions to send the trucks to Portland, but she stopped listening there and did not hear the state, Maine. So instead, she routed eight semi-trucks 3,000 miles away to Portland, Oregon, the other side of the country. And that mistake cost the company $100,000. It wasn't stated in this article, but I think it might have also cost her her job, but I don't know that that would be an assumption. But we've all had times where we have been guilty of tuning somebody out and not really hearing what they're saying because we are not really paying attention. Have you ever done that? Amen. Amen. A few honest people here. But many times as believers, we think that God is not speaking. But the truth is, the Bible tells us that he is always speaking, but we are not always listening or paying attention to his voice. Amen? In fact, from the beginning of the Bible, from the beginning of time in Genesis 1, in that chapter alone, nine times we find the phrase, and God said... So from the beginning of time, God was speaking, amen? And throughout the Old Testament, God speaks to his people directly, or he speaks through prophets or priests or kings. And one verse that has always made me envious in a good way is when in Exodus thirty-three eleven it says that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And my heart has always said, God, I want that kind of relationship with you. Amen. I want to have that kind of intimacy with you. And so um, it's a wonderful thing that God wants to speak to each and every one of us in that way. Amen. The first time that it's recorded for us that Moses heard God's voice was actually at the age of 80. Now, we don't know if God spoke to him before that time, but we know for sure at the age of 80, that's the first time that it's recorded for us. And it happened while he was at work. He wasn't in his prayer closet, even though he might have been praying while he was working, but he was out keeping sheep. And you might remember the story uh, of Moses. He was a, a Hebrew born during the time that Pharaoh had mandated that all Hebrew children would be killed as infants because the, God had blessed the Hebrew people even in slavery that they had grown so much in number that Pharaoh was afraid of an uprising. So he mandated that all boys born to Hebrew women as infants were to be killed. But Moses's mother 
to protect his life, put him in a basket and pushed him down river. And he was discovered by Pharaoh's own daughter who adopted Moses to be her son. And she raised him as a prince in Egypt. He got the best education, indoctrinated in all of the language and culture of Egypt. But in his early days, unbeknown to Pharaoh's daughter, she actually hired Moses' own mother to be his nanny. And no doubt this Hebrew mother instilled in her son a faith in the one and only God of Israel. And she also uh, instilled in him his identity as one of God's people. So as an adult, the Bible says, even though he was a prince in Egypt, he identified with the Hebrew people in their slavery. And at the age of 40, you might remember the story, he saw an Egyptian mistreating a Hebrew slave and he intervened and he killed the Egyptian uh, master. And uh, he, the Bible says he thought that the Jews or the Hebrew people would have understood that he was supposed to be their deliverer. So either his mother instilled that in him or at some point God placed that in his heart that he was to be Israel's deliverer. But of course, at this point, he's kind of taking it in his hands and doing it himself, thinking, I guess, that he would deliver them one Egyptian at a time. I don't know, but that wasn't God's plan. But anyway, uh, the, the Hebrew slaves were upset at him because now that was going to cause consequences for them and of course he knew that now he was going to be a target by the Egyptians so he had to flee so he fled to the desert of Midian where he remained for the next 40 years in the desert alone watching sheep and at that point 40 years had passed and he probably thought you know God has forgotten about me what about that calling on my life but during that time the Bible tells us in Exodus 2 that the Israelites were crying out to God for deliverance because of the oppression of their slave masters and in Exodus 20 in Exodus 2 verses 23 through 25 it says God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he looked down on the people of Israel, and he knew it was time to act. Now, that one verse alone, I could preach a whole sermon series on because it has such powerful truths in it. One, God hears us when we pray. Amen? It says, God heard their groaning. A second truth there, he remembers the promises that he has made to us. Folks, there's not one promise that God has made in his word. There's not one promise that God has made to you that he will ever forget or that he will ever fail to fulfill. Amen? A third truth, he sees what we're going through. He saw their affliction. He saw their suffering. God sees you. And we had a message a couple weeks ago about Elroy, the God who always sees. Amen? God sees you. He sees what you're going through. And then finally, God acts on our behalf. So much truth in that one passage. I encourage you to study it and let God speak to you. But today we're looking at the fact that God is always speaking. And he actually speaks in this case in answer to the prayers of his people. And he speaks to Moses because the Hebrew people are praying. Read with me Exodus chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. 
Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't the bush burning up? I must go and see. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. I want you to see right off at the start, God often speaks to us in unexpected places and unexpected ways. We have to be sensitive to that and we have to draw close to pay attention to hear what God is saying to us, amen? God captured Moses' attention with a burning bush. The bush was burning, but it wasn't consumed. So Moses turned aside, some versions say. In this version, it says Moses came closer to see what was happening. And as Moses took the time to draw closer, God spoke to him out of the middle of the burning bush. This is the beginning of the same conversation in which God would identify himself to Moses as the I am that I am. We use the word Jehovah or we use the word Yahweh, uh, which are transliterations of the Hebrew, but it means the I am that I am. And as one writer says, he is who he is and because he does not change, he has always been who he is and he will always be who he is, amen? So Yahweh, the I am that I am, is the unchanging God. So if he's a God who speaks with Moses, if he's a God who spoke with his people in the Old Testament, then he is still a God who speaks to us today. Amen? He is the I am that I am. And Jesus said that hearing his voice would be one of the chief distinguishing marks of his followers or his people. John 10, 27, he says, my sheep, some versions say here, this version says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. You know, the shepherd's voice was crucial to leading sheep. That was the instrument they used to lead their sheep. The shepherd would call to his sheep to keep the sheep together, to keep them following him, or at night to call them into the protection of the sheepfold. This was all done with his voice. So the shepherd was continually speaking throughout the day to guide his sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he is continually speaking to us throughout the day to guide us, his sheep. But we need to recognize his voice. Just like the sheep in ancient times, he said, my sheep know my voice and they will not follow another. Because in ancient times, several shepherds might be in the same area. But the sheep were able to discern their own shepherd's voice different from the other shepherd's voices. He said, my sheep know my voice and another they will not follow. Folks, there's a lot of voices that want to speak into your life. Some of them will even sound spiritual. They may use some Bible lingo. They may talk about God. But you know what? Satan comes as a messenger of light. He disguises himself as one who is speaking the truth of God's word. The, the best illustration of that is that I often see these ads come on about, you know, um, uh, uh, these people that read, read palms or, or, or um, you know, they read the crystal ball. And, and they'll use scripture in their ads. And they're using demonic power to read your palm or to read the, the, the crystal ball. But they're quoting scripture. 
That's how Satan comes. He comes quoting scripture, but he can deceive you. And that's why it's so important for us to know the voice of God, the voice of our shepherd, so that we can recognize it apart from all the other voices that want to speak into our life. I was at a funeral yesterday and there was a friend of, of the person who had passed away and that person who passed away was a, a, a member uh, or an attender of our congregation for some time. And the person speaking was a friend and, um, and they said, you know, I connected right away with so-and-so because she was spiritual. And that was immediately a red flag to me because nowadays when they call spiritual, it's kind of like this unidentified mystical something or another. And then she went on to talk and to encourage the family and say, oh, you know, uh, your mother now is in a much bigger form and she's going to be your protector and she's going to be your guide and she's going to be watching and started talking about all this stuff that's not biblical, but yet she was spiritual being spiritual, you know? So we have to be careful of all the voices that are speaking, and we have to make sure that the voice that we're listening to is the voice of God. We've gotta become very acquainted with his voice. And one of the ways we become acquainted with his voice is through his word, and we'll talk about that in a, a little bit later. But um, God is continually speaking, and we can hear, and we can recognize his voice. That's what the Bible tells us. He's always speaking, and we can hear, and recognize his voice. So if God is always speaking to us, how can we know when God is speaking? And how does God speak to us today? And why does it sometimes seem to us as though God is not speaking? These are all questions that we wanna consider this morning as we look to his word because God is speaking and he wants us to hear what he's saying more than we want to, amen? The first thing I want to see is that God is speaking to us and his voice is knowable. His voice is knowable. Um, writing on Moses and his burning bush experience in the book Experiencing God, Henry Blackaby actually identified several principles of knowing God's voice. So uh, some of what I'm speaking here, I want to give due credit, uh, goes to Henry Blackaby. But the first thing I want us to see is God speaks in a way that is personal and unique to us. You know, social media is very impersonal, right? You post a message and everybody sees it, but you speak differently to people who are close to you than what you would post on social media, right? Or at least I hope you do, amen? And you have a unique and personal way of speaking to each person in your circle according to the relationship that you have with them. So you don't speak to your a spouse the same way you would speak to your best friend and you don't speak to your friend the same way that you would speak to your children. Are you following me? It depends on the relationship that we have. In the same way, God speaks differently to each of us. In the desert, God spoke to Moses out of burning bush. He spoke to the wayward prophet Balaam out of the mouth of a donkey. He spoke to the children of Israel at Mount Sinai out of a burning fiery cloud that shook the mountain and he spoke to Elijah in a gentle whisper. At Sinai when God instituted his covenant with Israel as his chosen people they needed to be impressed with his holiness so that they would live in obedience to him so that they would fear the Lord. And so he appeared in a burning, fiery cloud. He spoke with the voice of a trumpet. His voice sounded like a trumpet, the Bible says, and the whole mountain quaked. Why? 
Because at that point in their journey, they had just been delivered from Egypt, which was a pagan land worshiping many different gods. And God was manifesting to them and saying, I am the only true God. I am powerful. I am high and exalted. And you need to fear me. So he spoke with the voice of a trumpet. He shook the mountain and appeared as a burning smoky cloud so that they would understand the seriousness of entering into a covenant relationship with God. And so that's why he came in such an awesome manifestation, such a dramatic way. To a depressed Elijah, hiding out in the back of the cave, wanting to die. The Bible says God didn't come in an earthquake, and he didn't come in a fiery uh, uh, manifestation. But what did he do? He spoke to Elijah in a gentle whisper. Now, if Elijah had been expecting God to to speak to him out of the fire or speak to him out of the earthquake, he would have missed what God was doing all along, right? Sometimes we expect God to speak to us the way he spoke to somebody else. He spoke to Israel in a fiery cloud. He spoke to them with a trumpet voice, amen? He spoke to them in an earthquake. But now he was speaking in a gentle whisper. Sometimes we miss God's voice because we expect him to speak to us the way he spoke to somebody else. Or we expect him to speak in this moment the same way he spoke to us a year ago or five years ago. Amen? So we have to be sensitive to recognize God's voice. And he knows each one of us. And he knows what will get our attention. He knows what we are going through. And he knows how to best speak to each of us according to who we are and what we're experiencing in a given moment. I had a friend that was very musical, and God would often speak to her through music. Sometimes he would inspire her with, with, with a, a new song, and not, a, not a song that was already written and published, but he would give her a new song with, with words that were a revelation of God to her, answering or directing or guiding her in whatever that she was going through. Well, you know, I am not musical. I can't carry a, 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 a tune in a bucket, amen? So you know what? God has never really chosen to speak to me that way. But he does speak to me in other ways. So we can't judge our experience of God based on what somebody else experiences and say, I'm not spiritual because I'm not hearing God speak to me that way. We have to tune in to how God is speaking to us. God is not limited in how he can speak, and we can miss how he's speaking to us in the moment because we are expecting him to speak to us in a specific way. God knows you intimately, and he loves you so much that he will speak to you in ways that are personal and unique to you that will capture your attention and will make sense to you. It may not make sense to anybody else, but it'll make sense to you. Amen? When God speaks, this is a second thought, when God speaks, you will know that you have heard from God. In Exodus 3, 6, God identified him to Moses saying, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Again, in verse 14, God revealed himself to Moses as Yahweh, the I am that I am, the eternally self-existent God. Moses had no doubt who was speaking to him. You know, sometimes we have a strange dream at night. We think, we question, we wonder if it was God speaking to us, but really it was the pizza and pickles we ate before we we went to bed. We had indigestion, we're tossing and turning, we have a strange dream. 
If you're questioning and you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe, I wonder, yeah, this was such a strange dream, then most likely God didn't speak to you. Because when God speaks, you'll know it. You'll know it. Moses had no doubt who was speaking to him. And repeatedly, the prophets would say, the word of the Lord came unto me. They didn't say, I think maybe perhaps it could have been God. No, they knew when God was speaking to them. When God speaks, he doesn't speak to you in some mysterious way, hiding himself. No, when God speaks, he wants you to know that it's him. So he doesn't leave you guessing or wondering. You will know deeply in your spirit, this is something that's coming from God. And when God speaks, you will know and understand what he says. When he spoke to Moses, he was very clear. I am raising you up to be the deliverer of the children of Israel. He said, now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. That's as plain as you can get. Amen? It was clear what God was saying. Moses might have questioned and doubted if he was the right man for the job. He might have questioned if he had the ability to do what God was calling him to do. And sometimes when God calls us, we may question, you know, God, are you sure you have the right person? Do you think I can really do this, God? But we don't question the fact when God has spoken, we don't question the fact that we know God is speaking to us, right? We're just questioning whether we got the goods, whether we can do what God is calling us to do. So there was no doubt as to what God was calling Moses to do. Moses understood clearly what God was calling him to do. When God speaks, he wants you to know and understand what he's saying so that you can do it. He's not going to leave you guessing. God is not going to be like, you know, that game where you say, got something in my hand, guess which one it is. You know, God's not going to be like, I'm speaking, but guess whether or not it's me or what I'm saying. He's going to be very clear. Amen. And when God speaks, it is a transformative encounter with him. As one writer states, when God speaks, nothing remains the same. Even from the beginning in the book of Genesis, when God said, and let there be, everything changed. Amen. Because whatever he said, it came into existence. So when God speaks, things change. And that pattern remains the same throughout scripture. When God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush, Moses encountered God and it changed the trajectory of his life from being a shepherd in Midian to becoming the deliverer of Israel. At the age of 11, a month after I had gotten saved, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and I spoke in tongues that whole night. I couldn't speak in, in English. And that night I heard the voice of God say to me, I want you to preach, I want your life to preach the gospel. I want your life to preach the gospel. Now at 11, I was already in eighth grade. I graduated high school at 15, I was advanced. So I already had my life planned out. I was gonna be a doctor. I was going to go to med school. I was going to be a doctor. But the moment God spoke to me, everything in my life changed. The whole direction of my life changed. Amen? When we encounter God, when we hear God's voice, it brings change in our life. 
When God speaks, he's making himself known to us because he not only wants a deeper relationship with us, but because he's revealing his plan and his purpose for our lives. And whenever we encounter God and whenever he speaks to us, it will change our life and it will move us to fulfill his calling and purpose for us. So God is speaking and we can know and recognize his voice. Secondly, God speaks to us in different ways, and we need to be able to recognize his voice, recognize the way he's speaking to us. God is always speaking to everybody everywhere in what theologians call general revelation. General because it's the same for everybody. General revelation. We read of general revelation in Psalm 19, verses 1 through 4. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. Basically, this is what's going on. The heavens declare his glory. You cannot look at the world and not know that there is a supreme being that created. This didn't happen by some big bang. Any big explosion that there's ever been creates disorder and destruction, not beauty and order. And, and not only does it, uh, does it say there's a creator, but it says he's the only wise God. He knows what he's doing. You know why? Because everything is so perfectly ordered. I've used this illustration before, but just think about this. If, if God had made cows to fly, you know, because sometimes birds fly over and they let, let go of a little present on your car or your head. Could you imagine if God had made cows to fly? God knew what he was doing. Or the fact that God created our nose to face down. Because could you imagine if it faced up and you were taking a shower? You would drown. God is perfect. And you can just see it. I mean, the fact that, that when you, you, you cut your skin and all of a sudden your body sends all of these signals for the cells of your skin to replicate themselves to heal that cut. Or your immune system that gets activated when something foreign is introduced into your system and all of a sudden these antibodies begin to rise up to fight. That is the marvel of our only wise God. Amen. So you can just look at creation and you have to stand in awe and say, there is a supreme, almighty being that has done all of this. And then in, in verse 2 it says, day after day they continue to speak, night after night they make him known. And, and there's a, a reference here to, to the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun every day. And, and, and what it's speaking about here is the faithfulness of God. That God is faithful day after day after day. You don't have to wake up in the morning and wonder whether or not the sun is going to rise in the sky. Amen? God said it in his faithfulness to rise every single day. Then he goes on. They speak. He's talking about the, the earth and the moon and the sun. And he says they speak. Creation speaks without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. That's why virtually every group on the face of the earth has some kind of sense that there is a supreme being. The American Indians call him the great spirit, right? 
and, and everywhere on the face of the earth, they worship something. They don't know the one true God, maybe, but, but they know that there is something. That's why worship is universal. Everybody worships something because they recognize that there is some higher being. Amen? Because this general revelation has gone throughout the whole world. So when they look at the wonders of the earth and the sky and God's creation, the intricacy of the human body, uh, uh, it, it sends a clear message. It declares God exists. God is great. God is wise. Amen? It declares that God is glorious. When you stand before the vast immensity and the beauty of the ocean, whew, it always strikes me with the awesomeness of God. How great is our God. And the Bible actually says he measured the ocean in his hands. Amen. How great is our God. Or you look up at the splendor of, our sky, of the sky painted with radiant color. God paints a masterpiece for us every night because every night is different. You see the purple and the orange and, oh, and, and, and it just makes you stand in, in, in marvel and wonder at the awesomeness of God. Or if you stand on the rim of the Grand Canyon, it takes your breath away. It takes your breath away. And it declares God is glorious. God is glorious. So God is speaking to the whole world, every person, everywhere, 24-7, day and night, declaring that he is. He exists and he's glorious, amen? And the Bible says there's no chance for anybody anywhere to miss this message. His message has gone throughout the whole earth. And the message is clear and it is unmistakable. But the Bible tells us in Romans 1, humans in their sinful state, have chosen to hard their, harden their heart. They have chosen to reject the clear revelation of the existence of the God of creation. And instead, in Romans 1.25, Paul says, they have chosen rather to worship the creation or themselves rather than the creator. But they can't say that the message was not there. All right. A second way that God also speaks to every person everywhere is through conscience. Everybody is born with a conscience, right? This inbuilt knowledge of right and wrong, fair and unfair, just and unjust. Romans 2, 14 through 15, Paul writes, even Gentiles who do not have God's written law, they don't have the word of God, they show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts, either accuse them or tell them they're doing right. All people everywhere have this inherent sense of right and wrong, this inherent sense of justice and, and, and fairness, and, and it's God's voice in their conscience. That's why virtually every culture holds certain values of truth as opposed to lying, faithfulness as opposed to unfaith. There are certain things that all cultures hold. Now, over time... In our sinful state, we can choose to sin against conscience, the Bible says. That means that the conscience convicts us, but we go ahead and do what's wrong anyway. And the first time we do it, like the first time you lie, you feel really bad about it. The second time you lie, you may feel kind of bad about it. After you lie multiple times, you feel nothing. You just do it. What have you done? You have sinned against your conscience. 
And the Bible says that when you continually sin against your conscience, you sear your conscience. To sear is to burn something, right? And if you burn yourself badly, you get this really tough area on your flesh that loses sensation. That's what happens to our conscience. It becomes hardened and we lose that sensitivity, that sensation to it telling us that this is wrong. But God is speaking to all people through conscience. But we can ignore it, we can neglect it, and we can dull our conscience through wrong choices. So conscience alone is not a reliable guide. But God also speaks to us through our circumstances. I believe right now that God is speaking to the world through the increased prevalence of global health threats such as the COVID pandemic and the monkey pox and other threats around the world. I believe God is speaking through the shortages of food that are happening around the world. He is speaking through the increased earthquakes, floods, fires, and other natural disasters that were all predicted in scripture as signs of the end times. He's speaking and he's trying to get the world's attention and they are ignoring him. He also speaks personally in our life through circumstances, right? Circumstances such as opportunities that present themselves to us or doors that close or divine appointments that he brings into our life and connects us with people that will help to direct the, his will in our life. But circumstances alone are not a sufficient guide for our life because an open door alone doesn't mean it's God's will because Satan can open doors before you as well, right? So we can't rely on circumstances alone. So what, would, what do we need? The Bible, that is the comprehensive guide for life, right? So God speaks to us through the Bible. Every time we read the Bible, every time we listen to it being preached in truth, we can know for sure God is speaking. Now, a lot of people want God to speak to them with an audible voice. They want to hear, thus saith the Lord, thou art supposed to do X, Y, and Z. They want to hear the voice of God. They want to hear a prophecy that speaks to them when they're not listening to and obeying the already revealed word of God in the Bible. There's some people, they never pick up a Bible, but they want to hear God saying, thus saith the Lord, I'm telling you that you need to do. No, you got to be regularly in the word. Why? Because I told you earlier, we need to learn how to differentiate God's voice from other voices, right? We got to become familiar with God's voice. The way that we become familiar with God's voice is to saturate our mind and heart with the word of God. When our soul is saturated with God's word, we will be readily able to recognize false voices and the true voice of God because you will become very familiar with God's voice. You have certain people in your life that you are close to that the moment you pick up the phone and you hear them say hello, they don't have to say this is so-and-so. Just the sound of their voice, you know who it is. Am I right? That's how God wants us to become with him. And the only way we can become like that is by saturating our mind and our heart with the word of God. And every time we read the Bible, we can be confident that God is speaking to us. And he can and will lead us through the word and give us specific messages and answers for our life as we open the Bible and read it regularly in our life. Another way that God speaks to us is through the Holy Spirit. Whether it's a voice that we hear or it's a strong impression on, on our soul, 
And when I say a strong impression, sometimes you feel something very strongly and you pray about it and you can't shake it. You may at first wonder, is this me or is this God? But you pray about it and the more you pray about it, the stronger it becomes and you can't shake it. Amen, that's what I mean by a strong impression. Uh, God may also speak to you through dreams and visions. God speaks and he speaks through his spirit and he speaks in different ways. But since the Holy Spirit inspired the Bible, God will never speak to us anything that is not in line with the Bible. Amen? In John 16, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he'll tell you what he's heard. So the Holy Spirit's not going to speak something independent of what God has already revealed in his word. Amen? He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So the Holy Spirit will, all, will lead us and will speak to us in line with what God has already revealed to us through Christ and through his word. For instance, there was a man that was praying at the altar and he would come week after week and he would pray at the altar. He, he later on found out he was having an affair with a woman. And then uh, one week he's praying at the altar and he felt he got the breakthrough. So he went to the pastor and he said, pastor, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And the pastor said, well, brother, what did he say? He said, the Holy Spirit told me to divorce my wife and to marry this other woman because God wants me to be happy. And this woman makes me happy. And the pastor said, that's not the Holy Spirit because that's contrary to the Bible. Amen? So the Holy Spirit's never going to speak to you something that is contrary to what God has already spoken his word. Amen. God also speaks to us through wise counsel. We often ignore this way that God speaks to us. Amen? But the, proverb, the, the, the wisdom writer in Proverbs repeatedly reminds us of the importance of wise counselors in our life. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where there is no counsel the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 15, 22, many counselors or advisors bring success. Proverbs 24, 6, so don't go to war without wise counsel or guidance. Vic victory depends on having many advisors. So all of these verses in Proverbs are telling us one of the ways that God leads us, that God guides, to, guides us, that God speaks to us is through the wisdom of wise counselors. So I encourage you to seek the perspective and the advice of spiritually mature people who have proven to be faithful to the truth of God's word. Don't just go to anybody for counsel because there's a lot of voices out there, some of them even sitting in the church that are not necessarily in line with God's word. Hello? Amen. So you want to seek out the advice of spiritually mature people who you see the truth of God being lived out in their life and they have proven over time the faithfulness of, of remaining constant in the truth of God's word. You want to seek out people whose mind is in tune with God, whose mind has been trained by the word of God, whose lives are submitted to the Holy Spirit and that God will use them to speak into your life mainly in confirmation of what he's already dealing with you about. Amen? So I'm not saying go to a counselor to tell you, thus that the Lord God said, marry this person or take that job. You know, not that God cannot speak, but that is rarer than God using someone to confirm 
what he's already dealing, speaking to your life. So it's especially important to seek out wise counsel in gray areas where the scripture is not black and white because it's not directly addressed by the Bible, but someone who is trained in the word and submitted to the Holy Spirit can give you wise counsel. The point of this message is God is always speaking, but we are not always listening. Have you ever, ha- I, I, I was, on, I was a, on a mission trip. I had gone to, to preach in, in, uh, in Asia, and the missionary that I was with, uh, they had been in a country where it was illegal to spread the gospel, and they had been actually reported to the government by someone for spreading the gospel. They ended up getting uh, arrested and then eventually kicked out of the country. So they were trained for years in this country to speak very quietly because they didn't want to get kicked out of the country, get arrested, whatever. So I'm on this trip, they're hosting me, and everywhere we go, they're talking like this. And there may be noise in the background, but they're talking like this. And in order to hear them, I'd have to really lean in. Folks, sometimes we gotta really lean in to hear God speaking to us, because there's so much noise in the world. But like Moses, he pulled aside to see what was happening in the burning bush. Sometimes we've got to pull aside from the busyness of what we're doing. Sometimes we've got to lean in. You know, I'm reminded of a Hallmark Father's Father's Day card. And the, the words on this Hallmark said, Dad, thanks to your lectures, I've never changed horses in the middle of a job worth doing. I know the squeaky wheel gets the best worm. And I never count my chickens until I've walked a mile in their shoes. And dad, you thought I wasn't listening. (laughs) You know, sometimes that's how we listen to God. We get a little snippet here, a little snippet here. We put it together and it doesn't make any sense and we're going in the wrong direction. Amen. God is always speaking, but we need to lean in. We need to recognize his voice. We need to listen carefully and we need to obey what he's saying. We need to say, God, give me a heart that is trained to hear your voice that is open to hear what you're saying to me and that is ready to obey. But the first step to hearing God's voice for anybody is to have a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that we have all sinned. And that's the very reason that Jesus left his glory in heaven, came to earth, lived a sinless life, and then died on the cross to take the penalty of sin that we deserved so that now when we place our faith in him and repent of our sins, and the word repent simply means to turn away from. We say, I recognize I'm heading in the wrong direction. I don't want to go that way anymore. I ask you to forgive me, and I turn to you in faith. The moment that we do that, the Bible says that we're born again. Our sins are forgiven. We are brought into right relationship with God as a son or daughter of God. And from that moment forward, we grow in that relationship. And the more we grow, the more we'll hear him speaking to us. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're here today and you have never given your heart to Christ, or maybe you did so many years ago, and you can feel the Holy Spirit drawing you and saying, it's time to come back. If that's you, either you've never given your heart to Christ or it's time to come back, and you would say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to give my heart to Christ. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? Say, pray for me, Pastor. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for another hand. Thank you for another hand. Thank you for another hand. Is there anyone else? 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can put your hands down. I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer. I'll ask everybody to pray it with me to encourage those that are praying it for the first time today. And it's just a simple prayer to repent of our sins and place our faith in Jesus. Would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. And I believe that you love me so much that you died for my sins. Today, I repent. I turn away from my sinful life and I turn to you. I confess that I'm a sinner and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I invite you to come live inside of me and help me from this day forth to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, I wanna congratulate you on making the best decision of your life. And I wanna welcome you to the family of God. If you just prayed that prayer, I wanna ask you if you would just to take your phone out and text I prayed to the number on the screen. Why? Because we want to give you, actually text your email address, I'm sorry, to the number on the screen. We want to give you free of charge a little e-booklet that will help you understand the prayer that you just prayed and the next steps to help you continue growing in your new relationship with the Lord. So if you would just take your phone out and text your email address to the number on the screen and we will send you shortly a little e-booklet that will help you to understand the commitment you just made and how to grow in your relationship with God. But once again, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. Amen. For those of us who've already trusted our life to Christ, do you want to hear God's voice? He is speaking. He's waiting for us to listen. He's always talking. He's speaking so much more than we are hearing. Amen? And if you would say, Pastor, I want to develop a relationship with God where I, I hear his voice, I recognize his voice on a regular basis. If that's you, would you just stand and make your way to this altar just for a few moments? We're saying, God, I know you're speaking, and I want to hear your voice. I commit myself, Lord, to training my mind and my heart in your word so I can recognize your voice. And I commit myself to taking the time to lean in and hear what you're saying to me. Just lift your hands to heaven and you talk to God for yourself as I pray over us. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for every person standing at this altar. I want to thank you that they have a heart that says, Lord, I know you're speaking, and I want to hear what you're saying to me. Lord, as we come before you today, we commit ourselves, Lord God, to cultivating a relationship with you through studying your word, through meditating upon your word, through taking time in prayer, to train our heart and mind to recognize your voice and to respond to your voice with an open heart and with obedience. Lord, we make this commitment to you today and we ask the help of the Holy Spirit because we can't do it ourselves. And Father, we pray that you would just begin to speak to your people in new and fresh ways, Lord God, that we would recognize when you are making yourself manifest, when you are revealing yourself to us, Lord God, that we would hear you clearly, God and that we would believe and do what you are saying. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.
Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.